What is going on, fellow streamers? Welcome back to another episode of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform TV and movie podcast. I always find a way to fuck saying that up every <laughs> single episode. Glad I got it right this week. Exclusive <laughs> streaming platform TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB and Dylan coming at you. Uh, we told you guys last week, which Dylan, I got to say, I guess the people realized they were going to miss out on streamer season on Wednesday, dropping on Thursday, because our numbers spiked like crazy after last week's episode. <laughs> Did they really? Went <laughs> through the roof. Like, I was watching them in real time kind of like go up from what they normally are, and I was like, thank you, Tamira Morrison. Thank you, Book of Boba Fett, <laughs> because... Our numbers, like, we had, like, a nice little spike last week. So, shout-out to the listeners. Shout-out to you, the new listeners, if you're out there. Um, but this episode, obviously, with no more Book of Boba Fett, um, we're going, you know, on our own pace, schedule-wise and, and release schedule-wise. And it made sense for us to wait until today because we got the Peacemaker season finale mm -hmm. because we'll get into this news and notes here. Peacemaker has officially been renewed for a season, too according to John Cena, and now officially announced uh, by the official Peacemaker account and James Gunn himself. So we're getting more Peacemaker, which sign us up, because uh, Dylan and I have really enjoyed this show a lot. We're going to dive into Episode 7 and Episode 8. We waited until today to record so we could talk about both, uh, and then we'll get into the big Stranger Things news, and as well as a bunch of other news and notes around the streaming platform Multiverse, and including a big screen title that Dylan and I have said for the past couple of months now, we're going to be talking about on this show because it's tying into so many of the Disney Plus shows. We can't not talk about Multiverse of Madness, and we got a nice Super Bowl commercial uh, during that. Plus, we'll also talk about that hilarious Disney Plus commercial during the Super Bowl, uh, starring one and only Aquafina, that had everybody on Twitter wondering why Disney Plus and all of their entities had goat emojis next to them. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but before we get started, big shout out to the sponsees, Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Guys, it's getting nice outside. We're getting a little tease from Mother Nature right now. And I tell you what, Dylan, I walked outside the house this morning to go to work and I had my Tomahawk Shades on because <laughs> man, oh man, it is lovely. I love wearing my Tomahawk Shades this time of year. Shout out Pauly D. Uh, you guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, use promo code USP at checkout. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Sunglasses, blue light glasses. Dylan and I wear the blue lights all the time when we're watching shows and movies. Helps protect your eyes. Uh, from what I've seen on their Instagram, where they're most active in posting product and everything, pretty sure prescription Tomahawk Shades are on the way which is going to be game changer for a lot of our listeners, a lot That's of people awesome. out there. Um, so go to TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. And the boys, the homies, the fellas, Dylan's favorite beverage to watch, <laughs> Peacemaker in hand with Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker to see us Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Subscribe, 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 because pretty, pretty soon um, I'm going to put a soft. This is the first time I've said this on any podcast on our network. Mm. Put a soft potential release date of full video episodes of every podcast underground beginning of March. It's the goal. So subscribe 
there's still 36 spots to be included in the first 100 subscribers of our channel's history. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Search Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube. But Dylan, let's get into a show that I think on our, our list is going to, at the end of the year, probably be in our top five. Um, uh, for sure, top five, if not top three for me personally. <laughs> yeah, it is our Peacemaker episode seven and eight review powered by our pals over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com now. Start playing the hottest headlines in sports. Hopefully soon we'll have pop culture and show predictions because how fun would it be to be able to predict, oh, is this actor going to be in this? Like, dude, remember when we were predicting if Toby and Andrew were going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home? And look, look what happened. We would have got that right, and we would have gotten points on our pickup profiles. Yeah, uh, they are still running the marketplace sale uh, for all of the the prizes in their marketplace. You guys can go get a. These are not sponsors of ours; they're just partners of our good pals at Pickup. But you can get a CrossNet for two hundred and twenty-five points. I just got a dugout uh, mug, knob, shot glass that is made out of a real baseball bat. Solid wood handle of a baseball bat and officially licensed by Major League Baseball with the Phillies logo on it uh, for 100 points. So simple, so easy. They have a bunch of prizes in there. Uh, they have Fanatics gift cards that you can get, like crazy stuff. So go to playpickup.com now. Start playing the hottest headlines in sports. Dylan Peacemaker, let's get into yes. episode seven first, obviously. Okay. The penultimate episode. Lots the, of racism. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> I was trying to think of a pun for that, but that's just that's just a better way to come that's, out. That's it. flat out what it was. Um, I feel like you and I might have a little bit of differing opinions on this episode. Um, I wa I watched it yesterday, uh, which finally got a chance to like sit down and watch yeah. it, which I felt was like nice to like watch it yesterday and then today watch the the season no, finale. I, I had to pull up a recap because I watched it last Thursday. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, uh, I know it happens, but not enough like to <laughs> go off the top of the cusp. So it was nice to kind of have that like fresh in my brain. Like, okay, cool. Let's let's rock with it. But yeah. Episode seven brought the racism card a ton. We learned that uh Peacemaker's dad had tracking devices in the the helmets to yeah. you also to make sure he had backstory. tabs on him all the time and you that backstory i was going to let you dive right into that backstory because man oh man that's depression simulator 101 i mean uh it shows what we all thought to, to be true kind of hints that him and his brother were very close it's also ironic that his dad liked his brother so much when his brother literally said like fuck all that like rock and roll get girls yeah which because later in the episode, his dad, we, we also find out his dad is the kind of racist that's like uh, based upon religion, which I guess makes not, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense for the character. Uh, and then he like uh, talks about the devil music. So it's ironic because he claims he loves the other son more, but his other son who died was also a devil worshiper. I'm air quoting because he mm -hmm. likes rock and roll. So big irony in dumb, dumb, racist poo poo heads. Um, <laughs> but. I digress. So yeah, it's you see the backstory. They're jamming out, listen to a classic rock song, and um, you know it cuts to them being forced to basically cage fight. Although it's not a cage fight, it's like a whole fight. It's little, mm -hmm. literally a trench in the ground, and they are being bet on by a bunch of the redneck racist people. And Chris only punches his brother once, it causes him to fall back. We kind of already saw that, and you see more of him seizing, having a seizure. And dies. 
Um, Chris makes a comment along the lines of, like, he's doing the worm. Um, well, well, yeah, you're, you're right, buddy, but you're not right. And uh, brother dies there. And rightfully so, I think anybody listening can imagine that's probably a good reason why our main protagonist is, um, how I put this lightly, uh, fucked up. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a pretty Which we see a lot of in episode eight. It's a pretty traumatic experience to undergo as a young child and then also be raised as a murderer you know forced a to conspiratorial kill household they just forced to stab people um so like when that ends basically it cuts into uh the end repercussions of the episode prior where peacemaker gets alleged for having that journal and then he basically says screw it we're gonna go kill the cow now and that prompts him um, Vigilante and John Economist to take the van and go while Mern, Abayo, and uh, Harcourt are back at the hotel, right? Yeah. Back yeah. At the yeah. Back at the hotel. I'm trying to think what happens first in the episode. Does the- this is what happens first in the episode, Dylan. I shazam the song today, and I was like, I need this. <laughs> I actually have the whole playlist on Spotify. Oh, it's so good. That song, like, the way in every episode that they have transitioned into the theme song and, like, the opening intro. Oh, the way they use the theme song in this episode. In so the good. Actual, I'm, I'm, I gotta save it, because episode 8 was oh. goaded. Um, but no, so I'm trying to... I mean, you, you might be able to guide this along better than me, since you just watched it. So after that scene, does it go... I know it goes to them getting in the van. It then cuts to them at the hotel, right? They're, like, discussing their options. Yeah, because, like, they, they used, like, the the banging on the van or the banging on the wall or something, and then that cuts into the theme song, um, which was just absolute pure gold. Yes. And then uh, we had them in the hotel, and then they were kind of just, like, figuring out how do we do this without Mern, you know, trying to because now they know that like this cop is out there that they had just run into uh they got a whole army of butterflies like how do we go about you know navigating this without the guy who was tapped in and and knew how to like know what they were up to and everything um and then what's her face james gunn's lady in real life oh yeah yeah well Mern dies this episode that's what it is yeah yeah so so she takes the was it hardcore or is that hardcore's the bond lady but yeah she like gets put in charge yeah it's it really not not much that happens in terms of they go to more happens to peacemaker hardcore and abadio kind of take a a, a backseat in terms mm-hmm. of like they're more pre-planning and they just get thrust into a leadership role um they do tease judo master so that's cool um, but yeah, we finally get what everyone predicted in the fact of all the racist and the dad find, like Kyle alluded to earlier, that the helmets, cause they're being tracked and we have an epic little action. Well, more of a chase scene at first, uh, cause his suit's pretty terrifying and he runs into the woods. He puts on a raccoon. That was really funny. That was a good, <laughs> He's like, I didn't know raccoons are so tough. And then John was like, yeah, that's what I expect when a grown man picks up a wild raccoon in the forest. All I thought about when I saw the raccoon was, I'm going to get that arm. 
Uh, rocket. Because <laughs> that's totally what that was. Like a, we, an Easter yeah. egg of. We see Vigilante go Bruno Mars and take a grenade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Character's badass, though. He's crazy. He's, He's so good. What a what a phenomenal casting job, and what a just a phenomenal character. That character was recasted, too. Mm-hmm. A lot, of, a lot of the scenes you realize they, they're not like a lot of the scenes he's not even near them because it's literally recast it. it's not even shot um so we finally confront his father uh after chris kills nah, no he hasn't killed the racist uh john john grabs a p90 yeah. you play call of duty you know what that's <laughs> yeah and mows him down he goes scarface on him um say man, hello to my little friend that man's racking up a kill count um yes he is <laughs> and then you're left with really good dialogue and really good acting on John Cena's part between uh, him and his father. And he says a great villain line in terms of like, you'll never get rid of me. I'll always be there. Quoting Abraham and, and the Bible and everything too. Yeah. It's like, oh, you are so white evangelical yeah, you are villain evil. scumbag. <laughs> um, but in terms of like plot and show, it's, it's a great quote in terms of like, Hey, even if you kill me, I'll still like be inside your brain. Um, and we, I, I, I'm kind of, glad that he killed his father obviously i mean he deserves to die regardless um just you know i'm sure we'll see in season two how that carries over but he shoots his father with that's also ironic because he picks up um the pistol he picked up is german so yes you know, they're like neo-nazis so that's that's funny when he did that like when he's just staring he's like do it you pussy and they were just like going back and forth like with the, all that and like i was like is he gonna actually do it like that was like I like in my brain I was like yeah he's gonna kill him because it's like it it's character development and it has to happen but I was like is he actually gonna do it I, I at that point I truly wasn't sure like I knew he had the gun up and everything but I was like I don't know if he's ready to kill his dad yet and he did it and I was like all right peacemakers back he did it and then they obviously need a medical attention and it cuts back to our two female leads and then they get a call that they're at a veterinarian uh, place and that it's kind of a trope in a lot of like crime movies. Like they go to vets to get medicine, which I guess makes sense. Uh, except this time he's come to vigilante holding them all at gunpoint because they have seen his face. And that's a very funny dialogue because he talks about murdering them, but also has political correctness enough to call the male nurse, like emphasize, no, no male, male nurse, <laughs> like no, no, male nurse. And then he also wants to make sure their hands are politely tied together. Yeah. Not using duct tape, using rope. Um, so I also thought it was hilarious that the vets were vets because they were ready to rock and roll with the guns and everything. Oh yeah, they, they might they might be the vets might be vets. Um, <laughs> I also like the show because it has a lot of tropes and like not tropes, and it has a lot of like messages without even being messages. So like Vigilante's character obviously has something wrong with him. But in terms of like, I think he was born that way. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think his brain. Shout out Gaga. Yeah, exactly. I don't think his brain's operating at one hundred percent capacity. He's just built different. I mean, clearly, mm -hmm. like he doesn't. Um, I guess the best way to put this is I, he clearly doesn't understand emotions, mm -hmm. which indicates that he's a sociopath. Correct. Well. Um, but he does show emotions, which indicates he's not a true psychopath. So it's it's interesting to pick up on that. That's, that's really it, and they set, they set off in the vet's, uh, like, pup mobile. And then we kind of get, like, the explanation of, like, from the, the overtaken humans that are now butterflies, like, they need this cow 
to stay alive because the food on Earth can't yeah. sustain them. They can breathe our air. They and can drink the water. They're going to try to teleport it so that it can stay safe and that they can continue to survive and thrive on Earth and everything. Uh, <laughs> we cut to this cow. I've never been more disgusted in my life seeing something. I... It, it, it looked I like it was kind of cute. No, okay. No, no. It looked like you remember those like old school wiggle worms. It looked like that little moth thing from Teen Titans. Ooh, the little, yeah. the little bug that Beast Boy holds in that one episode. It was know. like a wiggle worm met the caterpillar from Bugs Life, and then put like a gazillion eyes on it. I was like, this thing is disgusting. Definitely, definitely looked ugly, but it looked like. It definitely was portrayed as innocent, though. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. like with how the eyes and the and the way it acted, it didn't it look like, like it, would, it just looked dumb. <laughs> Nothing going on in that brain. Yeah. Um, how how much did you hate butterfly version of the female cop before Goth? Episode eight, I was like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" Uh, but no, I couldn't eight, stand her. I was like, "She is such a dick." That's a dick. That's just good acting to that actress. Um, and then we also found, like, got the resolution of the the diary being placed in Peacemaker's house too. Like that got outed, and it's like, yes. oh, he believes all this conspiracy shit. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. It's, uh, episode seven really set up the episode we want to talk. So about. how did how did you feel overall about episode seven? I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not sure what I would rank it, just because I saw it so long ago, honestly. I'm not trying to take cop out. I just don't know. And also, I just watched 8 today, and 8 was fucking crazy. Like I Because episode 7 for me, it was good, but like watching it, I was like, man, this... It, it fell off to me, almost, in a way, where like, it wasn't awful. Like, it was still... It, it's still like... I'm going to give it like an 8-1... Yeah, but it wasn't like over the top for me. Like, Dad's suit well, was, was really cool. Seeing like how was, that works, plot building, you know. And there wasn't yeah. really that much action in that one either. Like the only most of the action was them like running away mm -hmm. and Mern dying. And you then know? the other like the action like that did happen because who was it that we saw uh, the two girls fight? Judo master. Judo master. That felt like very like. WWE-esque to me watching really? it. I thought it was a pretty good fight scene. Like, I don't know if it was just, like, me paying way too close attention to detail, but, like, there were moments where I was like, oh, that was a fake punch. We all know the traditional Big Four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Either way... I'll still, like, still a pretty good episode. Yeah, I'll give it like an eight five in terms of plot building. But episode that is eight, on brand for you because this show will not fall below an eight five. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight one, which for the people at home, that's a eight 
six overall, right? Did I do math correctly? Probably not. Uh, eight point one plus eight. This would be eight point two five, right? Point... Eight point three divided by two. Eight point three yeah. for episode seven. Still not terrible. No. Um, and then episode eight will be much. Episode higher. eight. Let's get into episode eight because that's really where the juiciness is, and. My goodness, what a what a phenomenal season finale episode. It really was when you look at all things considered because they left it very open, but they also concluded it in case they didn't get season two. And the cameo was amazing. Bonkers. And we just learned that John Cena can act better than we all knew. So really, the, the show delivered on many fronts. And it, it also gave you another look at the DCEU, like, so many projects have failed in the DC world via TV shows and not like, I don't, I don't think they're considered Canon, but like I tried watching and I'm sorry if you're a listener, but I tried watching the flash on the CW and all those CW. See, my dad really enjoys the flash. I guess maybe the plot's okay, but the CGI Kyle is so it is because I'm trying to think of when that came out. Because well, it is still, a bit of an still, older it's still going though. It's like yeah, it's morning. still going. And this it, the, the CGI is still bad. I don't started think I in twenty fourteen. I did see though the new Superman, like Lois and Superman show. I think it's called. Apparently, that has like on a scale of like one to ten. I think it's like maybe like a seven out of ten for CGI. So I'm gonna give that a try. I also saw a clip. Bizarro might be in it, so I'm fucking intrigued. Yeah, exactly right. But my point is like. DC has just flopped time and time again, and then they try to reset things time and time again. This iteration, like, me well, personally... The, the, the cameo proved they're resetting things. Like, I Yes, did, which doing. I thought was really fucking cool. Um, but for, like, oh, like, I'm a fan of the original Suicide Squad movie, even though I know it's bad. It's, like, my comfort bad movie. Like, it, it, it's entertaining still. Yeah, um, where a lot of... The movie is super... Um, no. Uh, Starship Troopers. Love that movie. Like, a lot of the DC movies, like, are just not watchable. Like, at least the original Suicide Squad movie is watchable. The 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 constant resetting of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and, like, everything, it just makes DC so sloppy. And that's why I'm happy James Gunn is, like, here to right so many wrongs and... Like, everybody who's listened to this podcast knows I am a massive Suicide Squad fan. Like, that's my favorite, like, entity outside of Batman in the DC universe. Like, I love the Suicide Squad. And the fact that James Gunn has done such a phenomenal job at kind of, like, soft resetting the Suicide Squad from the movie. And now this masterpiece of a show. I am, like, slowly but surely going to be more and more intrigued to watch... DC stuff where as before I was like this stuff sucks I'm not going to do it but this really this episode was the perfect topping on a, a Sunday of good yummy goodness of DC cinematic universe stuff and Give them the fucking keys like I said a couple episodes yes ago. like James Gunn knocked this show and Suicide Squad out of the park it's because that's what I'll give I'll give credit to Zack Schneider did direct. Mm -hmm. I do like. I I don't know about you, but I do like the original, the new Superman movie. It was just called Man of Steel, right? I think. Okay. 
I didn't see it, so yeah, it's it's darker. It's it's about Superman like finding himself. It's kind of like slow though, but it's his like upcoming story. Uh, he fights Zod, you know, big laser eyeball fight. Pretty cool. I'm a fire um, my laser. Also, you watched the Snyder Cut. We we talk we talk about that, right? I actually didn't. Oh, we did. so I like got bits and pieces of it, and like it wasn't amazing, but it was. I wouldn't label it in the comfort bad movie. I label it in like an okay movie, mm-hmm. but. What we got was so much worse compared to what was cut out. So my point is, like, it just goes on and on, like Kyle and I were just saying. Like, DC has just – and and their best movies have been, like, like one-offs. Like, one of their best movies recently was The Joker with Aquaman Phoenix. And then the most popular series they've had is Batman. But it was not, wasn't really – wasn't DC. And it was really just about Batman. Like, there yeah. was no other superhero team-ups. It was just Batman – Versus the Joker, versus Bane, versus Scarecrow, and Ray Zagul. Yeah, I think that I think there was only four villains in there, but that's it. So, but like this, this show is a yeah. masterpiece, and I'm sure I'm glad we can talk about episode eight now. Episode man. eight, man, just from start to finish, so well like plotted, so well done, so well. In terms of like, because I think you and I were both like very skeptical of Adebayo's character going into episode seven, especially after the diary reveal and all this. It's like how to use those guns. Right. And now, like this episode draws you back into being endeared to Adebayo's character, which I think is so well done. Had incredible character development for literally every main protagonist in their own way. Um, I guess Vigilante is kind of the same, but he still did some really cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode opens up, though. They're just kind of shooting the shit, thinking about how they're going to destroy uh, the cow. They obviously drive there. That's not important. Um, and then they present several of the remaining Peacemaker helmets. They have the skirt, the scabies one. Yeah. <laughs> Most <laughs> random whatever. Haven't used that yet. They have a breathing underwater one. They have the anti-gravity one. They have yeah, I know. They have the human <laughs> torpedo one, which that one's badass. Yeah, that uh, one was really cool. The sonic the boom. Sonic boom one. Um, so obviously two of the ones I named we're not going to see. You're not going to want the scaby ones, and you're not going to want the underwater one. The other one, the other three. Although I will say, the underwater one might come into play. Oh, I think so. Um, <laughs> very much hinted with the cameo. Um, so point is... Adebayo says activate anti-gravity and uh, the anti-gravity helmet is in the space right now, I'm assuming. I don't know how long it goes for. Maybe it got decharged and fell. Um, That's a pretty dangerous helmet, though, if it doesn't deactivate that quickly uh, because you're going to die if you fall. Uh, But So that one floats away, and then they have the idea because the idea was to get that helmet, use it to get the Sonic Boom helmet. On top of the barn. And where then, all of the butterflies and this cow are at. Um, but it doesn't work. So then they get eagerly, they recruit him, and they debate, they debate immensely if he can even listen to him to get the Sonic Boom helmet and put it on top of the barn. Eagerly almost does it, but I drops know the it. bad blonde lady doesn't like you. But dro- Yeah, but drops it into the woods adjacent to the right of the um, barn, which... I know it's the woods, but it didn't look like it would be that hard to find. But maybe, yeah. I mean, 
but who knows? So then they all search for it. Uh, Vigilante's talking about ants with with economists, which is very funny dialogue. Ants and fish. Yeah, they're debating. He's like, I don't know. Maybe there's more fish than there are ants. No. But also before that, we got. Uh... Kyle, don't even do that. Because they use that. They actually use that song in the episode itself for the first. Which time. was so cool. It was. It was. It felt like a just badass moment. We'll get to that very shortly. Um. So they're trying to find the the helmet. Uh. So this is my favorite part of the entire show. So Chris Maker, uh, Chris Maker, Peacemaker's uh, comic book character. I think I've mentioned this before. In the one comic adaptation, when he kills someone, he believes he sees their ghost, and that's why he wears their helmet because he wears the helmet to, I think it's ward them off or just keep them. So it's something with you know, I mean, like the ghost and the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see his dad. His dad's very much dead. He got shot in the head. And this might be a recurring theme this episode. You might see a dad more than once. So this is indicative that this peacemaker is following the comic book peacemaker. And that hopefully does not happen um, text for text. Because if it does, then he's going to become batshit crazy. Because everyone he kills is going to think they're ghosts. Yeah. And he can talk to them, which he tried talking to his dad. So uh, I... Harcourt sees that they find the helmet. Uh, then they realize the only way to do it is to kill that one chubby or sheriff. Mm-hmm. That's John up as him. Cause he kind of matches the body type and John has to go plant it like a bomb. Um, which I was very stressed out for him. Cause uh, I could, I would not want to do that either. <laughs> and he was not having a fun time. Where are you going with that? To the inside. <laughs> okay. Cause the bag. Okay. Because of the bag. Um, yeah, so literally that's Kyle's described as a dialogue. He talks to one and of the... And then he throws up inside the bar. Throws up. I can't fucking do this. The heavier set man has to take the stairs. He probably wasn't happy about that either. No. The stairs didn't look like they were that small. Um, he almost gets all the way to the cow, but he kind of has a PTSD like freak out because he's already had to see the Starro thing and presumably other monsters because he's worked for Waller. Who knows what he saw. Has a nervous breakdown. Man, what the fuck? Does does get the bag down there? Comes out, um, starts talking to himself and to the earpiece. Real novice noob shit. Like, come on, man. But right. John, do you copy? Yeah, man. And then, fuck this. <laughs> unfortunately, the same butterfly guy detective overhears, and then we get a running gag in the show. The detective says, "Why did your human dye their beard?" And then it becomes really sad. Yeah. Really sad. Tearing up a little bit. Really sad. Uh, Dude lives a sad life. But you can see great acting again by John Cena when it pans to his face and he realized how much he, like, hurt him. I think that's character development again for him. Um, But then, yeah, John says, yes, I dyed my fucking beard. Let's get over it. And then that one guy from the prison, I don't think, I, one, the one racist dude in the prison, I don't even know his name, he finds the helmet, and he's like, look what I found. This guy left it. And then, <laughs> rightfully so, I also like the realism that John wasn't able to outrun the butterflies. He's mm-hmm. a heavier set man who does no activity. He's not going to outrun them. And he does not like, that's my boy. Yeah, I thought he was going to get mauled apart, bro. He got, yeah. he got like, piranha. Um, it was like Black Chrysanthemum with the, with then, the yeah, Trandoshans so, last week. She, uh, 
Abayo drops the um the microphone or the radio like a real noob as well. Dude, I was like shitting bricks when she did that. I was like, what the fuck? I was too. I thought that was how they were gonna kill off him. Um, but then she grabs it, is able to use the sonic boom, kind of like scares them, and they initially think the butterfly is dead, and then once they run towards it, she does it again and again. <laughs> It didn't really kill that many butterflies. It just mocked, knocked most of them down. Yeah. And then it kind of, well, it started the um, killing of the cow, though. And then we get the theme song that Kyle's playing like five times. Do you want to do? Do you really want to? Do you really want to taste that? Amazing. What an epic walk up with those three, too. Epic walk up. And oh my God, the action. Dude, I'm going to. Make sure he's not listening. I have his one of his Funko Pops over there. Yo, Captain America is a disgrace. Peacemaker is ten times better with his shield. You're laughing, but I know you know it's true, bro. That Just one move, that one move where he what? shot the shield. Oh, that was amazing. Even him just, like, throwing it and, like, hitting people. And then, how about... All I pictured when you said that, though, was the Meek Mill tweet. <laughs> Instead of Eagles is a disgrace. Captain America is a disgrace. Um, also, Vigilante is a god darn badass. Yes. What a Dude, beast. And, and that just showed how terrifying his character is, how much of a killing machine. And then Hardcore is no um, strange no environment. Yeah, no slouch. But they're going. They're just literally going ham and killing everything. It's cool because occasionally you'll get a detail of a butterfly like, crawling out, and then mm-hmm. one of the protagonists will shoot them or kill them. Uh, Harcourt literally fucking squishes one. I was like, oh my god. Which proves they aren't that strong in the the alien form. So if you're lucky enough and not dying, if you grabbed it early enough, I guess, before it went on you, and you could kill it. Classic uh, movie trope, though. Our main protagonist goes in to save the day. The two rejects stay behind, and the two badasses do the whole, don't worry, we'll hold the line. Um, But then, typical James Gunn fashion, John Cena falls through the fucking ceiling floor, the ground, and just falls. I thought he, I thought he died for a second, and then Vigilante gets shot and passes out, which I thought he, I thought he died there. Um, and then Harcourt presumably dies as well. Like they they got. That's why I like this show. Like it's not the common like these are typical action movie where they're gonna hold the line. Like they get shot and they die. Well, they die when when she started coughing up blood. Yeah, I thought that too. I Did gonna... you think a butterfly was going to come out of her? And I know that's probably 112% intentional by Mr. James. Mm-hmm. Which is great directing. So well done. And then our two um, rejects. I, I like calling them that because, you know, they think they're rejects. But they're much more. And we're learning that. Well, <laughs> I can't say that, but John. Oh, man. So they decide to take action. Um she grabs two pistols. I, I was like, well, what's my man going to grab? He can't He can't fend for himself. And he literally has a compound fracture. Right? There's bone, right? Bone? I think bone? so, yeah. Yeah, he literally rolls his ankle so bad. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck, man. Love it. Which he, he later drags all the way across to give her the helmet. Which when she walked through the door with that helmet on, I lost it. She looks goofy in the helmet. I love it. And also, she was we know, like, process of elimination, 
she doesn't have the water, the scabies, the anti-gravity, or the sonic boom helmet, because sonic boom helmets doesn't have charge. So she had, we knew she had the human torpedo. <laughs> Which was just so epic. And then she finds, uh, she finds Peacemaker. It's a good, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you like this cutaway where she's digging, and it looks like her hand's reaching in, but it's actually the lead detective. Yep. Um, Who is now Goff. Goff. Weird scene because golf beats the shit out of peacemaker uh and, and they exchange blows i guess and then golf uh well i could say she because aliens is she too mm-hmm. and the bias is she now it matches up um she uh just spills the beans um i thought it was gonna be bullshit but i'm sure you probably agreed that by the time she's done talking i think that probably is the truth i think yeah I think that's that's the whole point of the Amanda Waller like esque vibe in in terms of like you're doing stuff that's morally gray and sometimes what you're doing isn't always considered a hundred percent right. So like those aliens, what the main what main alien reveals is that they initially came here because their Earth is their Earth their planet was dying. Earth was an option, and they used us as a host to stay alive, which you know fucked up but i get it i guess um but they didn't have world domination on their mind they wanted to take over the planet or take over like key spots in the planet and change our future because their planet just died and they saw our planet dying so i agree with both sides like i agree that obviously right we don't want our planet to die in like 80 years because that's what that's what she said like 100 years Mm -hmm. um but we also don't want someone controlling us so there's also the control god factor in that so either way you slice it I mean, i'm not sure i'm sure you can talk about it in a second it's kind of uh kind of crazy to think about but i do think genuinely i do think that's um and it makes sense now when you think about it what she said because think about how they literally specified the butterflies were taking over key people in the world mm-hmm. generally i mean that one that one poor butterfly got stuck with like the rock and rock and roll hooker from episode one <laughs> but like but you know some get better people than others right what do you think about that whole scene it's an interesting scene like the whole yeah to help them the whole dynamic of like that i still don't know if i trusted them because it's like why are you gonna profess all this now in your most dire situation yeah no Um, i agree but i understood like the the kind of trope of what they were trying to get at where it's like, hey, let's make a guy who's at his like most vulnerable now try to pick between people who he has, um, you know, had kind of issues with over the past couple of episodes with Adebayo, with economists, like all these people, and really test like who he trusts and who he is you know, loyal to almost in a sense, because we've seen his loyalty to caring for this one butterfly in the jar this whole time. And he's like, activate human torpedo. Awesome. And she, you know, out of bio crashes through the, the cow and it's absolutely disgusting. Um, and then he, he goes and crushes the, so do you think that's the only cow or do you think they have another one? That's a good Maybe. question. Because, like, if there's no more cows, then the butterflies are all going to die in, like, I think it's like two weeks or a week, whatever it was. Yeah, a couple weeks. Granted, they tr- they transported that from their planet. So I don't know. 
So there's no more. There's no more to go out. You can't go like go cow shopping if you're a butterfly. <laughs> well, did they say that their planet was dead or that it was dying? That's true. Maybe I it's feel like alive, she said that deserted. it was dying, so they came here to like. But saying it's dying and then leaving for another planet that's suitable for your habitat implies that it's dead. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I think there's probably. Well, I guess it depends. Like what he wants to do with the show because if there's no more then the season two will will be about a different issue or tactic. which i could see happening again the whole podcast hosted by steve mcavoy and john mavalia be sure to follow us on twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf releasing weekly a part of the underground sports philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Or it could be... No, I wouldn't even take... I was going to say maybe it could be him hunting their remaining ones down, but there's no point because they're going to die out. Like, mm-hmm. they could go kill more humans and get more hosts and be petty about dying. Um, so there'd be, like, a body trail. But in terms of food source, they have whatever they have stocked up. Yeah, I did find it interesting that he didn't kill the goth butterfly yes that's a great detail and i like how they dive back to that end at the end of the episode because he clearly only shoots her in the chest mm-hmm. or he shoots captain locks right in the head so they leave that barn they're walking out <laughs> and now we understand why james gunn wanted everybody to watch these episodes as soon as possible because we got the biggest cameo since jonathan major showing up in loki as Kang the Conqueror as a variant there. You can say and you could say it's bigger. bigger. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say no hate Kyle and I are Marvel guys for the mainstay, but like I'd say in terms of shock factor. In terms of not even yeah shock, but if you put yourself in that realm, right? Right. This is way bigger. Superman is literally the most I hate him. He's literally the most powerful being in like any anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. The dude dies, you throw him into the fucking sun, and he comes back later, and he's like, I'm here, you're a favorite alien boy scout. I am tan. Yeah, exactly. That, that's just that's just one. You got literally him, Aquaman, who we actually saw Jason Momoa. We got Flash, Ezra Miller, so two of the reprising actors. Superman was grayed out. That's a reason, like I hinted at earlier, they're going forward without Henry Cavell. Saw Batman, he was just hanging there. No. Also faded out. Faded out. And Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, also faded out. But, like, that's the literal Justice League. Like, you saw... Who was referenced earlier. It's like when uh, Adebayo's on the phone with her mom. Just like, I don't know. Why don't you call the Justice League to come help us? Yeah. And if you're not a DC person listening, like, if you don't know a lot, that would be... If you're you're a Marvel person, that would be the equivalent of, like, having... The Avengers. (laughs) Exactly. Having the, the initial Avengers movie, like, that shot of them fighting... That would be the equivalent of having a standalone hero that's not one of them, seeing those five after they do an epic quest and then telling them promptly to go fuck themselves, which yeah. is what John Cena did. Go and fuck some fish. I hate that rumor. <laughs> and then our Flash well, says, well, it's true. It's true. <laughs> fuck you, Ezra. It's great. Um, I also That like was how- unbelievable. Like That moment, and you and I both, not the biggest DC guys. But that moment, I think, is going to stick in my brain for quite some time. Yeah. And... I'm not a big live-action DC guy. Right. I like, I like their comics. That's why I like James Gunn, because DC is darker. Yeah. Which, 
that was epic. Like, hats off to James Gunn. Like, what a perf- like, what a methodical way to because like when that line got thrown in there when when Adebayo says why don't you call the Justice League in like it didn't even cross my mind that like that could happen because throughout this series we've heard people reference other DC characters yeah and Peacemaker has board. made fun of well, Aquaman it's in the past no he's made fun of all of them he said that Wonder Woman was I effing him he mm-hmm. said that Aquaman screws fish. He says that Flash is a pretentious douchebag. He goes off on Batman's moral code. and References Batmite. <laughs> and I think he talks about Superman, too. Something about something weird. Some yeah. So my point is, he literally hinted at it. So it's great foreshadowing on James Gunn's part. And also, you're right. Because the, the, the last episode, we get her talking to her mother, calling her mom. Yep. And she's like, send backup in. And she's like, well, your backup won't be there. Like, you don't hear her say it, but I'm sure she's saying backup mm-hmm. won't be there too late. And in this case, Waller pulled mm, some they strings. They were late. Oh, not pulling strings. She's a man of goddamn Waller. Yeah. Probably, she probably has a, she hates Justice League, but she probably obviously can contact them and whim and said, go save the world and my daughter. Who do you think, this is a fun, like, hypothetical. If it wasn't Waller who called them, who do you think? called for the justice league or like say like you know waller has the ability to who do you think waller contacted to get the justice league to show up well you can even go like tinfoil hat and say that wonder boy overheard what was happening with his super hearing true because he does that in metropolis all the time he used to be chilling <laughs> hear a crime and then go leave his leave his wife i'm gonna say somebody's put up the bat signal that um, you couldn't actually. That's you're not right with what you said, but not even saying it. Batman's supposed to be super smart, so maybe he was on to the butterflies. That's true. And they just track them down, kind of thing. But like, you know, I mean, af- like after the fact. I also loved that they kept Jason Momoa and Flash. I'm blanking. Well, those are apparently the two. They want to go f- the new the new Justice League. I heard rumors that they want to go. Like the new Flash movie is going to indicate that the Justice League going forward is the new Flash, which we just saw, the new the, the new Aquaman, which we just saw, Shazam, which is Zachary Levi, 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 yeah, and then I think Wonder Woman, and then like one other random hero, but like they want to like do without Batman, Superman, which like the old school animated animated Justice League like child in me is like fuck that. Like, yeah, that's kind of sus. In that show, but at the same time, at least they're keeping some of the actors the same. So I don't know. Something still tells me that Bob Pattinson's going to show up in the Justice League, dude. If his movie kicks ass and he's the new Batman, I'm all for it. Like, sorry, Henry Cavill, you're a casualty of war, my brother. Go be Captain Britain in a Marvel, you sexy man. You, I'll, I'll <laughs> take that. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. But then we get uh, Adebayo coming out and calling Mom Dukes out on national TV. So she did that, right? And it cut immediately to a slow scene of her seeing her wife and dogs. I generally thought her mom's going to have her wife killed. Yeah. That's what it looked like it was going to happen. Um, we see Vigilante and Peacemaker doing best friend things. And to all the people saying that Peacemaker, or no, Peacemaker, sorry. That vigilante is a butterfly on like TikTok and Twitter. Like you're dumb. 
Literally, there's a scene in which the doctor, when he's visiting Harcourt, he is in Peacemaker. Um, she's like, yeah, the doctor said you've been out there for days. So if Vigilante was a butterfly, he wouldn't have any food sources, and it's been days. So he, my man would be starving. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wouldn't be still in the same area not doing anything. You'll be getting food. Um, and also, speaking of butterflies, the very end of the scene is him sitting on his porch, cracking open a nice cold one. You see Eagly, and you see a butterfly. And then you know it's Goff because they kind of have a symbiotic relationship uh, in terms of he has one of the only food sources left in that area. Because there's obviously butterflies who have food still. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's ones who are like fat in their butterfly community that might have more. Um, so it's kind of like a relationship where like there's no point of Goff taking over a human host because he has no food. And if Peacemaker has food, he might as well stay with him. And Peacemaker has shown him compassion, or her rather, her compassion in the past. Uh, that's what her character Lily says. Um, so that was interesting. And then you see, once again, the ghost theory, the dad sit down which indicates he sees dead people. So he's basically... I uh, see dead people. Yeah, he's basically in Sixth Sense now. Just a phenomenal... One of the best season finales of a show I think we've gotten in quite some time. Yeah, it left it open, but it concluded it. Like I said earlier, it was just... It was a great finish. Um, uh, Let's get into our ratings. I was just kind of trying to think. Like, we'll, what do it. I... we'll do it. We'll do episode eight and then we'll do our overall rating which we'll keep track of um but episode eight like this was like a nine four for me you know what kyle i was literally i'm gonna go with you i'll say nine i'll say nine four that was that was the exact five i was thinking nine three or nine four that's factual yeah and i think i've only given two finale episodes so, what do you think of it as a as a whole? As a whole, um, I think it's like right there. It's like a nine four. I was gonna. I'll be that. I'll be the ass. Nine five for Dylan. Yeah, I mean. So our so our overall rating together would be nine point nine or nine point four five together, basically. Which rounded up makes it a nine five, which I think is our highest overall. Score well first. It's our highest overall scores that we're keeping track of yes. for the year 2022. Well, it's one of the highest, ones but it's one of the highest ever in the history of the show. I think it's just so enjoyable. It's just a fresh of breath air. It's different. It's innovative. It's a fresh of breath air. <laughs> you Do tell you me. really want to taste it? <laughs> you can tell it's late at night when I'm not making any sense at this point. Yet it made all the sense. Yeah, no, it it makes sense in my brain. Uh, we're also recording. It's eleven o'clock right now, so yeah, come, come we're living the dream. Come some stuff. This this show was awesome. It was one of the best shows you and I collectively, I think, have watched. Not only for this podcast, but just in general. Like, it's so meta too, with all its like jokes about other entities in that universe, and then mm-hmm. we've proven that it's canon. Yeah, like why go out of your way and get two of the current actors and the silhouettes of the other ones to be in it. And then it's, it's just interesting because they can go so many ways. Like there could be, they can easily introduce new suicide squad characters or ones that we saw in the initial suicide squad that Kyle deemed his 
quote unquote bad enjoyable movie and we can have one of them redeemed because with the newer suicide squad uh james gunn movie quite a few of the characters are dead who knows maybe we even get reunited with Ratcatcher or mm-hmm. bloodsport king shark king shark i'd love a king shark show that'd be fucking awesome <laughs> But point is, like, to where they go, because, like, Kyle and I are debating if there's no cow, then the butterfly threat is over in, like, a week or two from now. Which I think the way that we've seen Peacemaker Season 1 play out and the Suicide Squad, I think it lends itself to say that every season or new installment of a Suicide Squad entity could be a new threat yeah because who the fuck knows what amanda waller's been doing to like behind the scenes like figuring out all this shit and now she's being exposed so i think that's going to be a plot point in season two i'm just this show i'll say i'll go on the record and say this this show has got me excited about the dceu moving forward I agree. It's just a great show, and it's just it's different. It's James Gunn, so you're getting humor, you're getting good music, you're getting violence. Um, James Gunn saved the DCEU. He's a pretty good director. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a nice little, and he's like Kyle and I proved like I think it was three episodes ago. He's still relatively new in terms of he only has a hand, literally a handful of movies that are like accredited to him. So we should see him more and more as we get older and as the time goes on. And hopefully we see him in more DC products because he's proving he's two for two so far. And it seems to be going that way because he's going to be in charge of all the Suicide Squad HBO Max shows. We got note last a couple weeks ago that uh, this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, volume three is going to be their last. So like, yeah, James Gunn's ready to fully like take over. Free agent. Suicide Squad entities and everything. So, I mean, he saved the DCU. God bless James Gunn. What a what a just amazing. He is on my Mount Rushmore, my my white whale to have on this podcast. There's a small chance. He, I think he would come on if he ever if he ever had that. This is the James Gunn challenge. James Gunn, come on streamer season challenge. Peacemaker was phenomenal. See, John I Cena. Could, I would, I would love, love to have that. John Cena too. I would love to have gone on here because I've seen a handful of his other movies. Like he would be probably happy. I would let him know. I'd be like, yo, I'd be like, dude, I saw your first film slither with Nathan Fillion and Michael Rooker about aliens that take over a small town. Like, you know what I mean? Like it'd be entertaining. How much of that inspired Peacemaker? <laughs> well, I love, I, you, that's a movie you have to watch. Anyone yeah. listening. If you like, if anyone likes sci-fi, which if you are still listening and you watch Peacemaker, you probably like sci-fi. Go do yourself a favor and watch the movie. Oh, also Brian Cranston's in that movie. Yeah. Um, go go watch Slither. You'll thank me later. It's fucking weird and it's gross, so gross, disgusting. The official challenge to James Gunn: come on the podcast. We'd love to have yeah. you. I think he'll come on if we get enough people to watch his older work. Like Slither and Peacemaker, I think come on. Peacemaker was phenomenal. Dylan and I's overall rating nine point five out of ten, making it certified streamable. Uh which we're still working on a a whole method for that, but what'd you think of the what'd you think of the book of Boba Fett graphic? I liked it. 
It seems like try to put those out for for all the shows and movies we do. Uh, which Dylan, something we are going to be heavily invested in this summer. Yes, you heard that right. This summer we have official release dates. Stranger Things season four. Cue the music. Cue the upside down. Yeah, Dil- yeah, yeah. Do, do you want to hear the craziness, Dylan? I like. I got like my Facebook memories popped up a couple days ago. What came up? The first trailer for Stranger Things season four, the from Russia with love, where we see Hopper working on the railroad and like his bald head and everything. That came out February fourteenth, twenty twenty. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. (laughs) You already know. I think that's how it always goes. We went like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Holy shit. <laughs> like, we are two years since the first trailer of Stranger Things Season 4 released. But we officially got word today from the Stranger Things official account. I'm going to read this word for word so I don't screw it all up. Because I, as everybody knows, am one of the biggest Stranger Things fans. Dylan, massive Stranger Things fan. This is, like, in my top three of shows all time. Um, I am so excited for this season. And there was a bunch of things put out today on the socials, including this note from the Stranger Things official account. I'm going to read it here word for word. It's on, like, a piece of paper here from Matt and Ross, the Duffer Brothers. Hi, nerds. Do you copy? It's been a while. With nine scripts... Over 800 pages, almost two years of filming, thousands of visual effects shots, and a runtime nearly twice the length of any previous season, Stranger Things 4 was the most challenging season yet, but also the most rewarding one. Everyone involved in this incredibly proud uh, involved in this is incredibly proud of the results, and we can't wait to share it with you. Given the unprecedented length, and to get it to you as soon as possible. Season 4 will be released in two volumes. Volume 1 will release on May 27th, and Volume 2 will release five weeks later on July 1st. So that's the good news. It's coming soon, and it's bigger than ever. It's also the beginning of the end. 
Seven years ago, we planned out the complete story arc for Stranger Things. At the time, we predicted the story would last four to five seasons. It provided too large to tell in four, but as you'll soon see for yourselves, we are now hurtling towards our finale. Season four will be the penultimate season. Season five will be the last. There are still many more exciting stories to tell within the world of Stranger Things. New mysteries, new adventures, new unexpected heroes. But first, we hope to... Uh, hope that you stay with us as we finish this tale of a powerful girl named Eleven and her brave friends of a broken police chief and the ferocious mom and a ferocious mom of a small town called Hawkins and an alternate dimension known only as the upside down as always we are grateful for your patience and support over and out Matt and Ross very 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 excited and uh cannot wait to actually see it it's been, been an eternity since i've last watched a stranger things episode so i feel like you and i are definitely sometime in the the mid spring gonna go on a rewatch of stranger things i tend to do to it like once it, a year. or at least rewatch like I'm sure I guarantee you someone has a list of like one of those like episodes you should rewatch mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I'll rewatch those. I, uh, no, I always I, once a year, like kind of go on a rewatch of you Stranger need to Things. You watch all of Daredevil, mister. I know. I, I finished season one. Oh, I finished nice. season one. Uh, nice. So that is in the books. But the, uh, the posters on the, on the Stranger Things official account read this, Dylan. Uh, the first one is, uh, looks like it's in that Russian, you know, camp with Bald Hopper, Joyce, and uh, and Mori, our uh, our Russian uh, translator friend, uh, yeah. and it's it reads on the caption zero zero one Russia, getting the band back together. Bring a jacket. Then the second release is zero zero two, the lab. Every story starts somewhere, and it's just eleven in the lab. Zero zero three Creel House. TikTok. This is the house that is uh, rumored to be the Freddy Krueger character um, in this season, and it has pretty much our our ragtag crew team of you know Max, Lucas, Dustin, uh, Erica, because you can't spell America without Erica, uh, Steve, uh, Mike's sister. And I can't tell who the other person is. Let me see if they're tagged. Yes, do see who they are. As Dylan fades into the oblivion of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see who they. I couldn't see who the other person was. Uh, and then the next one is zero zero four, California. Hold on to your butts, bro, chachos. And it is Mike, uh, Will. We've got Charlie R. Heaton. Who is... Oh, that is Jonathan. Um, and then... Dumbardo? I don't know who this is. This must be a new character. Has to be. Probably. Um, but the posters look incredible. This season is going to be... We, we've talked about this probably like a month ago or so. When we got... Uh, the, yeah, we talked about this probably in September when we got the, the one trailer on uh, the Netflix event. Stranger Things Season 4 might be one of the most, if not the most, like anticipated season of television of all time. Because of how long it's been, 
because of the the cult following it has and just the the open-endedness that it left us with after season three yeah stranger things season four is going to take the internet by storm and i'm so happy we have this podcast to just like go deep dive full blown onto it yeah it's gonna be oh excuse me it's gonna be very prevalent it's gonna be all over the socials again so do 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 due diligence watch it immediately when it comes out if you can because if you haven't watched stranger things yet what are you doing it will get spoiled yeah also do that um but it, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very excited that's really and i like that it's kind of two volumes because it almost makes it like six seasons where we've seen this now from netflix where they're breaking big massive seasons into two parts they did that with ozark season four yeah that got split in i i think that could potentially be a new norm that netflix goes with if a season is like massive they've like broken up seasons so i could see that becoming something that we see a lot more from streaming platforms but we have release dates may 27th so memorial day weekend very on brand for uh for stranger things releasing things around a holiday and then uh, July 1st, five weeks later, almost three years to the, the release day of Season 3 will we get Volume 2 of Season 4. So I can't wait. Stranger Things is one of my all-time favorite shows. It is just phenomenal television. Do yourself a favor. Get ready for it because it's going to be a blast. And we are going to be talking all about Stranger Things all summer long right here on Streamer Season. And we've got a bit of multiverse Streaming platform multiverse news and notes, Dylan. Uh, well, obviously, trying to hit Kyle too. I hear it. <laughs> the the big one is the the multi multiverse of madness trailer we got on Super Bowl Sunday. So much to break down in that. Yeah. We might break down that entire trailer next week. Um, that could be a YouTube video. Could be. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. What did you take away? Your what were your top three takeaways from that trailer? My top three takeaways are we are 112% getting an evil Doctor Strange variant. Uh, number two, the internet's freaking out over like what could be Kang or Iron Lad. Um, Which I don't think it's either. I personally think it's edited, and I think it's Superior Iron Man. I think they edited it to not look like Superior Iron Man, and I think it's Superior Iron Man. Oh, it looks like Superior Iron Man, but it looks... Um, the Someone took a picture of it, and it looks like the yeah. character is African-American, and I, I think that could be factual. could be a black variant of Tony Stark. That'd be cool. I also um, think it could be Monica Rambeau. That's what I think. But I was like, because yeah. when she bursts through, at least in the trailer, the way the trailer's edited, she bursts through and she's fighting Wanda, which would yeah. be a nice callback to WandaVision, where we last saw Monica Rambeau. Um, or it could be her mom in like a variant form. That's true. I just want Tom. Um, that's Cruise. what I saw. I from Tom Cruise is superior Iron Man. If I'm being honest, so which a lot of people are speculating, then, especially yeah. after that big reveal. And then number three takeaway is that there's going to be a shit ton of cameos, which we already got one. Yeah, I don't know if you picked up on it. Giant Storm. Oh no, the uh, the one. One Professor X, Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. is in this movie, um, which opens the door for so much. Well, it's hinting at the House of M line with the mutants being like Marvel property, like Mar the MCU property. Right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people saying Deadpool might show up in this movie too. Somebody did a breakdown of the poster where one of the shards of glass. It looks like Deadpool's kind of like doing one of these. Ryan Reynolds is 
vehemently denying that he's in the movie, but we've seen Andrew Garfield do this in the past. Uh, it would be very funny if we saw Deadpool. McGuire just avoid press in general. Yeah. Uh, where Deadpool shows up because when they when Doctor Strange bursts through that one section, he's like becoming all cubicle, looking very House of M esque. There is a like cartoon universe that shows up in the bottom. Uh, it would be very funny if Deadpool shows up through there. Uh, what the shit's gonna happen in that movie? Man? This movie's gonna be absolutely bonkers. Like we're getting the Illuminati with Professor X, hopefully John Krasinski, and so much more. And I just, I'm, we got zombies, live action zombies is happening. This looks like a live action episode of, episode four of What If, which you and I both loved. That was probably one of our the favorite episodes of the season. If. And this movie is just going to take the world by storm and probably blow away so many people, potentially even more than Spider-Man No Way Home did. Yeah, I'm very excited. Do you have any other? I'm trying to think if I had. I I thought I had some kind of other news besides the trailer, but I forgot. Got a lot of renewals recently. Okay. That's um, cool. I don't know if you've watched Dave, the Little Dicky show. No. I would love to have Little Dicky on this podcast or any of our podcasts since he's a Philly guy. Uh, it got renewed for season three, so he's doing something right with Dave. I've heard it's very funny. Um, looks funny. We got. Yeah, so we've gotten four variants of Doctor Strange. We got regular Doctor Strange, evil Doctor Strange, zombie Strange, and then Defenders Doctor Strange, which is the one with, like, the ponytail. Um, so we got four of them. We got uh, some news on the Obi-Wan series where John Williams has composed the signature theme oh for Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out May 25th. Um, we've got the... Where is it at? Where was this? Oh no way! I just, dude, I think I just spoiled Multiverse of Madness for me. Oh no! No, 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 in a good way. Bruce Campbell is in it, and for anyone who doesn't know that, that's the Dawn or um, uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead franchise. Okay. Um, there is a comic book Kyle line where is Ash in Mar in the Marvel Zombies line. It's a it's a cross up, so interesting. Just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a man with a chainsaw and a shoddy, and a book of the dead. You know what I'd love to see, Dylan? What? A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover with Batman, like they did in the comics. That'd be pretty sweet. Because we've got Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie releasing in 2023, and it will be followed by villain-driven films released on Paramount Plus. Uh, Kind of, sort of, very excited for that, I'd say. Um, we got Spider-Man No Way Home passing Avatar to become the third highest grossing film ever at the domestic box office. Uh, more video game into movie <laughs> discussion. Uh, Netflix is developing a Bioshock movie. And... Okay. We have a Sonic series in development that will feature Knuckles, um, which is going to be very cool because Knuckles in the upcoming Sonic movie is voiced by Idris Elba. Uh, so I would definitely be tuned in for that. And I guess this is a good sign. I haven't tuned in yet because I don't think it's even released yet. 
Halo on uh Yeah, I'm excited for that. On Paramount Plus has already been renewed for a season two. So that's exciting. Um by the way, fun fact, the actor the actor or the character that operated on Doctor Strange for the surgery uh-huh. is in the movie. <laughs> Interesting. So I don't know what his purpose is. Oh, and then apparently on the uh, Doctor Strange poster, there is a clear picture of Captain Carter's shield. So everyone is speculating that we're going to get live action Captain Carter, which we've all talked about and said seems logical. Um, oh, we also got the Lord of the Rings trailer on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, it was a, it was a good day. It was a great day. It was a great day, even. Uh, I think that's it for me for news. I'm going to yeah, say the little textbook line of if you have anything you want us to watch or stream, uh, you know, because we're streamer season, let Kyle and I know via the DMs or via the show reviews because we have standards. And give us a uh, guide us, help us we'll watch anything. Uh, yeah. Seriously. I mean, subscribe to the podcast feeds, subscribe yeah. to the YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter at streamer SZN, follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola, yeah. follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It's Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube. It's one centralized channel uh, where potentially early March, full video episodes of streamer season going up on the youtube channel uh so stay tuned for that check out our website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com for all of our written content and uh big thank you to the sponsors tomahawk shades and kenwood beer go to tomahawkshades.com use uh, code usp at checkout for 25 percent off your entire order and kenwood beer go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the kenny trackers who has kenwood beer on tap in the philadelphia area gotta be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly this has been one hell of a fucking episode of Streamer Season, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Dylan, I'm KB, and until next week, do you really want to taste it? Peace. Peace.